So today's daf is daf Yudbeis, Meseches Yavamis, and we're coming off of a fascinating shaila on the bottom of Yud Aleph Amud Beis, and we had two ways to understand the shaila. This was the question. The question was concerning a machzir grushosai, when somebody took back his wife who married somebody else. So he wasn't allowed to take her back, but he did. So now he's now married to two wives. One wife who he divorced and then remarried against halacha. And the other wife is a regular wife. No uh, interesting stories. He then dies childless. So Rabbi Yechanan asked the Shaila, and on the bottom of Yudal Vambez, we had two ways to understand the Shaila. One way to understand the question is Rabbi Yechanan's asking, does the tzara of the Machsir Grushasai, does she have a mitzvah of Yibum? Okay, what's her status? Now, why is there a question? So Rabbi Yechanan says, listen, the Machsir Grushasai herself, I know there's no Yibum on. You know why? Because if to the original husband she was forbidden, Kavachaymer, the brother who she's been forbidden to all along, she should be forbidden to. Her husband, she was originally permitted and became forbidden. So she's ushered him. So the Yavama, the, the Yavam, who she was ushered to all along as a sister-in-law, of course her Issa remains in place. So where's my Shaila? Her Tzara. That's one way to understand Rabbi Yechen and Shaila. The second way to understand Rabbi Yechanan Shaila is no. Rabbi Yechanan says that somebody who's Machsir Grushasai and he has a second wife and dies, what is the halacha of the Machsir Grushasai herself? Maybe even there there's Yibam. Okay? Maybe even there there's Yibam. What's the halacha? Why? So he says like this Her tzara, you know, maybe I would say. Um, by I don't have a question because I certainly know that there's going to be Yibam on the Tzara. There's no reason not to. There's no reason for there not to be Yibam on the co-wife of Amachzir Grushasa. So there's certainly Yibam. I want to know about her herself. Her herself. The Kavachimer that we're making about all, oh, if the husband who she was originally to was you know, who she originally was permitted to, is now forbidden, how much more so her Yavam, is that a valid Kabbalah or not? All right? Period. So that's where we're really, where we're holding on top of Yud Beis. We have two ways to understand Rabbi Yechen and Shaila. Either he's asking again, is there, uh, is there Yibam on the Tzara of the Machzir Grushosai, or he's asking, is there Yibam on the Machzir Grushosai herself? And now, on the top of Yud Beis, we're going to try to answer this question. Here we go. Amar lei, top words of Yud Bey's Amar Aleph. Amar lei, Sarbi Yechidon, asked the Shail Teravami. Rami says back to him, Tinisu, we learned in our Mishnah, if let's say a guy dies, and one of the wives was kosher, and one wife was Pasul. So, if the brother could do Chalitza, Chalitza the Psula, he should do Chalitza on the one that already had a Psul. Because remember, as we're going to explain, like we did previously, Menschlechit. She already had a soul, let's say, of being called uh, called a divorcee. Don't do chalitza on the wife that's only in amana, because this way you're getting rid of her shidduch opportunities for kahanim. If you're going to do yibum, yavim lekshira, do yibum on the kashwa. Mike share my psula. What does it mean kashwa and pasul? We had this conversation on amud beis. Either makshira kshira la alma. If it means to everybody else, psula psula alma and pasul means pasul to everybody else, meaning a regular kayan. No, kivon didei chazya. Since the puzzle one could be married by the Yavam, my nafkalamina. What's the nafkalamina? Who you do chalitza or yibam on? Either way, let him just do chalitza and ta- and uh, or yibam. Like my nafkalamina. Alalav ksheira lei. Alalav ksheira. What does ksheira mean? Ksheira lei. Kosher to him. Psula psula lei. What are you going to tell me? That puzzle means she's not let to marry him. My nihu. What's that case? Machzir Grushasai. The case is going to be Machzir Grushasai. Vikotani. In other words, my brother took back his wife in a forbidden way. She had remarried. He was allowed to. And still, Vikotani, the Mishnah says, what do you do in such a scenario of an assumed Machzir Grushasai? If you're going to do Yibam, do the Yibam on the Kusher wife. Now, who's the Kusher wife? The Psula is the Machzir Grushasai. The Ksera is the Tsara. Of the Machsir Grushasai. So you see that the Tzara of a Machsir Grushasai has Yibum. Hence, 
we would have an answer to the first approach of Rabbi Echidon's question. The first way of first understanding Rabbi Echidon's question was, what's Allah of a tzara of a maxing grushasi? Over here you see, you could make, you could do yibam. Says the Gemara, no, no proof. You know what? Ksheira means la'alma. Ksheira means somebody else. Regular kayin, so to speak. Psula, psula, alma. Bukamrit. And this that we said, kivam today, chazye, once she's fit for him. Both the kosher and the boss of my nafkalamine. So, what's the nafkalamine? Who he does chalitza or yibaman? I'll tell you, Mishum de Rabbi Yosef, the menshlachkait of Rabbi Yosef, the Amar Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, Kan Shona Rabbi, Rabbi taught us a lesson in Midais, La Yishbaich Adam Eibaira, a person should not, if you have extra water, you should not spill it out, ruin it, so other people can't drink it, when other people can make use. Okay? And remember, what was that scenario? If your brother had uh, somebody who was a grusha and she was ready puzzled to a kayan, you might as well do chalitza on that one. But again, it's not dealing with necessarily a machzir grusha, say. It's not dealing with a forbidden scenario. It's teaching us in general. Your brother dies with two wives. One's already a grusha and now she's an almana because your brother died. The other one's just an almana. You don't plan on marrying either one. Do the chalitza on the grusha. This way, she's not impacted any more negatively. You didn't impact the widow negatively. Shalom al Yisrael. Bottom line, from here, from this brisa, we do not have a proof as to uh, as an answer to Rabbi Echidon's question. We don't know whether there's yibum on the tzara of a machzir grushase. So let's try again. We're going to take one more shot at this. Toshma, come and listen. The brisa says, "Hamachzir grushasei mishenises." If somebody took back his Maxir Grushase, Misha Nises, who had married somebody else. So he wasn't allowed to, but he did. He vitsarasa chaylatsas. Pretty straightforward. The, bro- the brother, the Yavam, the, the husband now dies. So the Yavam should do chalitza on her and her tzara. Ask the Gemara, that never happens, right? You never do chalitza on both wives. Right? You only do chalitza on one. So ask the Gemara. You do chalitza on her and her tzara? What does that mean? doesn't make any sense. Aleim, or rather, it means, Either you do chalitza on her, or you do chalitza on her tzara. Bottom line is, what do you see from here? Both the machzir grushasai, both that woman herself and her tzara are fit for yibam and chalitza. Pretty straightforward, Brisa, and Rabbi Echanan's question is now answered. Is there Yibo, is there, uh, is there Chalitza or Yibam on the Machshir Grushasi herself? Yeah. Is Yibam Chalitza on the Tzara's up? Yeah. Great answer. Says the Gemara, uh, no. If you're going to answer that, you're actually, you're actually changing around the words in the Brisa. It doesn't work out. Tzachi, the Brisa doesn't say. The Brisa says as follows. He Chalitza's. She has Chalitza. But her tzara, you could do chalitza or yibum. What does that mean? The Gemara is just saying the way you want it to be medayek the brisa of he vitzarasa chalitzas. They both have chalitza. That no, no, you're misinterpreting. It doesn't mean or her or her or her tzara. Rather, what it means is he she she could do chalitza, and what about her tzara? Chalitza or yibum. Now. This would give an answer of one of the Shilas, of one approach of Rabbi Echidon, right? Because Rabbi Echidon, one way to understand Rabbi Echidon Shilas is we're asking about her. The other way to understand is we're asking about her tzara. So to say that there's yibam on her tzara, this would be a riot to the tzara about herself. We wouldn't know that there actually is yibam. Now I want to add one step to this. This b'risa ultimately is not a real proof. Because even though we're saying, oh, all we're saying is, you don't necessarily need to interpret it the way that you thought. Can you? Maybe. We don't really have a bottom line of how the Brysa should be understood. What we're just saying with this answer is, it may be read differently. According to this approach that we're saying, there's really no real answer. We still don't have an answer to Rabbi Echanan's Shaila of Machsir Grushose. Because we're saying, there's different ways to understand the Brysa. The Brysa is just unclear. And we're not sure what the Halach is. Okay. Period. We're done with that topic of Maxir Grushase. Brand new case. It's a brand new sugya. Very gishmak. Listen here. This is amazing. Mom is amazing. 
we're going to get involved in something called Mion. Mion. We introduced this earlier on Dav Gimel. What's Mion? So here we go. Let's share some information and then we're going to learn it inside. The Torah gives a father the rights to marry off his katana, his minor daughter, under the age of Bas Mitzvah, to make sure that she's taken care of in marriage. Okay. There's an interesting... Um, there's an interesting halacha that takes place though when a father does that. And what that what happens is as soon as he marries her off to a husband, he loses from there on forth her rights to marriage. Which means if she ever gets widowed or divorced as a 10-year-old, the father is completely separated from her rights to marriage. He can only do it once. Okay? It's a one-time thing. Now here's an interesting Shaila, which the Gemara is going to clarify for us, but I want to pique our interest. What happens if after the death of her husband as a katana, let, let's wait for my question. I want to, I want to hold off. I'm sorry. I, it's going to be more Gishmak once I tell what happens if there's no father. So the father marries her off, completely valid, the Orisa marriage. But he loses her rights to her from there on forth. Okay. What happens if you have a young orphaned girl? She's single. The Rabbanon say the mother or older brothers can marry her off. That marriage is going to be a rabbinic marriage. Not only is it a rabbinic marriage, this girl can do mion. Mion means when she turns a bas mitzvah, she can say, I refuse this marriage. I will not move ahead with it. And this marriage, this relationship has been nullified retroactively. It never happened. I was never married to this guy. You're nullifying the entire thing. Okay? Now, is it ever possible for a father to be alive when there's meon? We would think not. Because the mother and brother only have rights if the father, we would think, is not around. But, here's the catch. Ready? Since if a father would marry her off, he loses her rights to marriage. So he marries off his daughter. She's 10 years old. Her husband dies. She's now a widow. A 10-year-old widow. The father is considered separated from her to an extent where the Torah calls her a Yesayma B'chayei Avia. She's orphaned in her father's life. Her father's alive. But what do you mean orphaned? She's separated from him. She's not Meshubit to him at all. Listen to this. The Rabbanon say, because that's the case, the mother and brother can marry her off rabbinically. Fascinating. The father is still alive. But the mother, because the father separated from her rights to marriage, now the mother and brother can still get her into a marriage. Now, Herzegain, it's a type of marriage, though, that she can refuse when she turns 12 because of a rabbinic marriage. If, any questions on this so far? Could the father marry her rabbinically, like uh, also? No, the father cannot marry her off at all. Great question, Isaac. Beautiful question. No, the father cannot marry her off. There's only a mother and brother, Dikadim. Okay, so now with all that introduction, we're going to have a loaded next case. Listen to this, Gishmak. A father marries off, Ruvain marries off his daughter. The guy who married Ruvain's daughter dies. Ruvain's separated from his daughter. Ruvain's Ruvain's wife, the girl's mother, or Ruvain's son, the girl's brother, marries her off. They can marry her off rabbinically. They marry her to Shimon, Ruvain's brother. And Shimon, Ruvain's brother, dies childless. So now Ruvain's daughter is falling to him 
with Yibam, but with an opportunity for Mion. Because since she was only married to Shimon from the mother and brother, there's a Mion opportunity. Now you're going to say, I, how can you refuse the marriage? She's already a widow. So here's what I wanted to share earlier that I waited till now to mention, and that is, we're going to see in the Gemara, when a girl has the ability to refuse a marriage, could she do that even after her husband dies? Because if Reuven's daughter can do Mion, even after Shimon dies, so maybe let her do Mion, she was never married to Shimon, and now only her tzara is falling to Reuven and Yibum, and Reuven should be able to marry the tzara because she's not really a co-wife. His daughter was never really a wife to Shimon in the first place because she nullified her whole marriage retroactively. All right, Clar. So this is how this is what we're going to get into: how you have a a daughter in a case of Mion, in a case of refusal, and she's still going to call. She's still going to fall to her father. Aye, her father must be dead. No. We just explained how a father can be alive and there's still Mion opportunity because the father married off originally, now the mother and brother. Okay? So here we go. It's amazing. Amar of Lili Barmamel, Amar Marukva, Amar Shmuel. Of Lili Barmamel said in the name of Marukva, who said in the name of Shmuel, Tsaras Mema'enes Asura. These three words is the entire case I just gave. We, we, just, we just explained. The tsara of a girl who could refuse a marriage is also asr. Okay, meaning no yibam. Here we go. Laman, who is the tsara asr to? Ile malaachim. If you're going to say she's asr to all of the brothers, even the one who's who's uh, not the one who was involved with the Mion, Hashtahi Gufa Sharia. One second. If she herself is mutter to the rest of the brothers, for example, the whole case of Reuven and Shimon, let's say there's Levi Yehuda Yisachar Zavulam, who also, who also uh, had the opportunity besides for Reuven. The Yomar Shmuel, Shmuel says, Let's say you have a Yavama who's, who does Mion to one, she's still mutter to the other. Let's pause and explain what happens. Take away, take away daughter scenario for a moment. You have a girl who has an opportunity for me on, on her original husband. The original husband dies. She falls in Yibam to the brothers. She can do Mion on the Yibam. The same way she could do it to her original dead husband. Because since the mother and brother married her off, this whole thing is rabbinic. So what if she says, I'm doing Mion, as far as one of the Yavams are concerned. I don't want him to even do Chalitza on me. I'm being Mamayin. I'm refusing this whole thing as far as, as far as Yehuda is concerned. However, I'm not being Mamayin as far as Levi is concerned. I'm still keeping, here's what we're going to call it, I'm keeping my Zika, I'm keeping my bond to Levi, I'm not keeping my bond to Yehuda. See, until now, she had the ability to refuse one husband. Now she has the ability to like start refusing, you know, a bunch of different zikas that are available to her. So we said, if a shmol says, if the other brothers are still permitted her. So you have told me that the tsaras are also mutter to the other brothers? No, of course that's simple. What we mean is that that the same way. The Yavam, who the girl did me into, is not allowed to marry her. So too, the Tzara cannot marry that guy either. Says Shmuel. If this girl does me on, on, on to one of the brothers and removes her Zika band, her Tzara is also now forbidden to that brother. Her, her Tzara is like a tag-along for whatever the, the, the Mion lady decides. Why Taka is it true that if she does me unto one of the brothers, the other brothers are still permitted to her? Because she didn't refuse their bonds. Well, 
Tzara Nami Loyabdubu Maisa. The Tzara as well did not do Mion on any of the brothers, and therefore let the Tzara marry any brother she wants, even the brother who the other who the young girl did Mion on. Why can't I marry him? Okay? It's a good question. I never did that. I never had that uh, that uh, opportunity for me, and it wasn't done on my behalf, so my original bond should remain in place. The Gemara answers, there's a different, you're right according to logic, but there's a different reason that comes into play to tell me that the Tzara, the co-wife of this girl who did Mion, is also going to be forbidden to whoever she did Mion on. Why? Gezerah, it's a rabbinic decree, Mishum Tzaras Bitei Mema'enes. Because of the case where Reuven's daughter falls to him, right? That was our original case. Of not a regular case of a girl who does meon, but the case of where she does meon and she's going to fall to her father. Okay? Since over there, not only we worried about meon, but there's also the Arias because she's falling to her father. So in that scenario, her tsara is not also not going to have Yibam or Chalitza. So you know what we say? In any case of Mion that's done to anybody, the Tzara cannot marry whoever Mion was done to, because otherwise we might get confused in case somebody's daughter falls to him through his wife and, and, and son marrying her off. Says the Gemara, Taka, why is that a problem? One second. The Tzara has beat them in Menas Asira. Is it really true that if Reuven's daughter, who was married to Shimon by his wife and son, has an opportunity for Mion. So he obvious, she obviously cannot fault to him. He can't do Yibam on her. We're assuming you can't do any, her tzara also is off the hook. Says Gemara, is that really true? Now listen to this. We're about to see a good svar, a good logic to say that even though in general, Bito, when your daughter falls to you, it applies to her tzara. We learned that out from the Pasuk. Maybe a case of Mion is different. Now let's think for ourselves, why would this case be different? Because Mion retroactively is removing everything. So it's not even a tzara. So here we go. Is the taka forbidden for the tzara of your daughter uh, to uh, to do yibam on her? But now we learned in the Mishnah of Akula In any of these cases, um, if if uh, one of if one of the guy one of the uh, one of them died, or they did meun, meaning they nullified the marriage. their tsaras are now allowed. Okay, now what's that case? So here's the case. Reuven and Shimon are brothers. Once we, I mean, once we got the first few dafin, this is going to be easy. Reuven and Shimon are brothers. Shimon was married to Reuven's daughter and another wife. Reuven's daughter dies. Okay. Baruch Dynamis. Then Shimon dies childless. Does Shimon's other wife fall to Reuven? Yeah. Because Ruven's daughter was not alive at the time of Yibam. Ruven's daughter passed away before her husband. So at the time of Yibam, it was just some, it was just my brother's wife who fell to me. Okay? So Tsareseyam Mutares. The co-wife of the original Arias is now mutter to do Yibam to her. Okay. Demiana Biman. Who did this girl do Mion on originally? Okay. If you're going to say that the Arias had the ability to do Mion, did Mion on her husband, Hainu Grusha. So then it's the same case of Grusha. And I know already that if Shimon was married to Reuven's daughter and divorced her, and then had a second wife, and he died, that second wife will fall to Reuven. It should be the same as Mion. Hainu Grusha, there's no added Chiddush. Elolav biyavam. It must be that she was did Mion on the Yavam, and still the Mishnah says you did Mion, but her Tzara is still muttered to the one who you did Mion on. Hence, we should have a proof 
that even when a girl does mion on one of the yavams, her tzara should still be muttered to that yavam. Says the Gemara, no. We're dealing with mion was done on the husband. Ah, you're going to ask me, uh, that's included in divorce? You know what? That's not true. There's a big difference between mion and divorce. Granted, they both end marriages. But don't tell me Mion's divorce. There's two ways to describe divorces. There's one standard divorce, and then there's a Mion divorce. And they work differently, so your whole uh, assumption is incorrect. That's it. Don't, don't call it Gerishin. That's just an assumption. Okay. Says the Gemara, Why Taka is it that if she does Mion on, uh, on the husband originally... And then the husband dies, the co-wife is mutter, the ikra nesuin, because she uprooted her whole marriage. So now she uprooted her marriage. Again, Shimon was married to Ruvain's daughter, another wife. Ruvain's daughter was a minor. And she, I'm um, sorry, yeah, she was a minor and she ended up being married off by her mother and brother and she refused the marriage. So she walked away. Then Shimon dies. So the Tzara, the co-wife, is not an erva. She certainly falls in Yibam Teruvim. Ki miyanah nami, says Gemara. But when she does miyun to the Yavam as well, Nesuan Kamaika Agra, isn't she uprooting her original marriage and therefore she's not a Tzara anymore, period, question mark. Listen to this, Kasha, this is amazing. Absolutely amazing. You got to get, this gets into the kishkis of what takes place in Yibam. So here we go. Remember when we gave our introduction to the Masechta. How does Yibam work? Yibam is a brother stepping into his dead brother's shoes. Taking over that marriage. Continuing his name in Klai Yisrael. See what happens. Ask the Gemara. If Shimon dies and one of his wives were capable of doing Mion, we said if she did Mion before he died, her tsara falls to the brothers, right? Because she's not considered Arias anymore. Says more one second. Let's say Shimon dies and she hadn't done Mion yet. She's now going to do miyun on the Yavam to break that Zika bond. Listen to this. Here's the catch of the question. This is beauty. By her doing miyun on the Zika bond, one second, isn't the Zika bond a continuation of her original marriage to her husband? Says once she refuses that Zika bond, she's refusing her whole original marriage. So now retroactively, she's never married to her original husband. And retroactively, her co-wife was the only wife. Because if Mion works, that it uproots a marriage. So who cares when she does Mion? What difference if she does Mion before her husband died or after her husband died? As soon as she's doing Mion, she's still removing that marriage. And if she's removing the marriage, she was never married to her husband. So now you have Stam. Shimon died with one wife. That wife should fall to any brother in Ebu. Any questions on this? Good? Good? Okay. Says the Gemara, Oh, I'll give you a tert. If let's say, a girl does me and for her husband, okay, Stam, regular case, a guy marries a girl who, you know, married off by her mother and brother, and she refused the marriage. Muteres la'aviv. You become permitted to the father. So, you have Yaakov and Reuven. Reuven married a Kitana who could do mion. She refuses Reuven's marriage. Uproots it retroactively. Yaakov is now allowed to marry her. She's not considered your son's wife. She was never married to your son. So it's considered like 
Mefutas Benoi. She's a girl who your son seduced. He was never married to her. And hence, Midaraisa, a father, is allowed to marry her. Be Yavam. But let's say she did Miyun to the Yavam. Asura Lavav. She's not allowed to ever marry this Yavam's father. Alma, you see from here, says the Gemara, a beautiful idea. Bishas Nefila, nearest Kechalase. When she became a Yavama, it looks like she's the daughter-in-law. It's the looks of things. Because she didn't do Mian yet. Okay? Now, she did Mian? No. So it's, eh? But it looks like daughter. So so too in our case. When a person's daughter falls to him, and then she does Mian, are you going to say, oh, retroactively, she was never a first wife? Granted. However... That's how it appeared to us. And what you look at is, says Gemara Major Chiddush, you look at the moment of death when the Yibam started. What was in place when the Yibam started? She was usher because she had, did not do a refusal yet. And since she did not do a refusal it, at the time, the Maiser, she was, ah, you could put it retroactively. It's too confusing for people. It's too confusing. When the so it's more like a gzera. It's a decree. That's why we say that if a girl does mion on one of the brothers, she becomes usher. Her tzara becomes usher because we just look at that. Ah, you're not a tzara. Yeah, you're right. Fine, not a tzara. But otherwise, it's going to lead to too much confusion over here, and and therefore we usher up even the uh, even the tzara. Period. End of that fascinating discussion. Weiter, brand new case. This one doesn't need a long introduction. Amar Ravasi. Ravasi says, Tsaras Islandis Asura, the Tsara, the co-wife of an Islandis, is also Usur. Okay? What's the case of Islandis? So an Islandis, as we explained when we learned the Mishnah, is a woman who has some male characteristics. Okay? She has some male characteristics. She's not capable of having a child. And we said that since the whole mitzvah, we explained originally when we learned the Mishnah, since the, when the Torah says there's a mitzvah of Yibam, it's only to build your brother's house in Klal Yisrael. When he had a wife who wasn't capable of building a house in Klal Yisrael, the transgression of sister-in-law of brother's wife remains in place and there's a chi of karis. Okay? So the islandess, is considered an Arias in that, it's not that she has a different Arias, you know, like, uh, you know, my mother-in-law, like something like that. She retains her original prohibition of being my brother's wife. So if my brother dies childless and he was married to an islandess and another woman, both the islandess and the other woman are, there's no Yibam or Chalitza. Because the same way the islandess I can't do Yibam or Chalitza on, so too her tsara. Seder, here we go. Tsara's islandess asura. Shnemar vaya ha bachar asher telit. The bachar that she gives birth to, probably islandess shenilidis, which excludes a, uh, an islandess who can't have children. She's excluded from Yibam, and once you're excluded from Yibam, as we know, Chalitza goes hand in hand. Okay, beautiful. Masiv Rav Sheisha, Rav Sheisha has a challenging question. He says, "Azai Shloisha Achnesu Shloisha Nashim Nachriyos." You have three brothers who married three women who are Nachriyos. The word Nachar means that they uh, they they weren't native to each other. Okay, meaning they weren't blood relatives. Umei one of the brothers dies. This seems like a classic Yibum. Okay, three brothers, each one has a wife. Um, one brother dies. Va'asa Basheni Mimer. The second brother does mimer, does mimer. Okay, this is interesting. This is the first time really we're coming ac- across this. And Mimer is a rabbinic way for a brother, we'll call it, to put the Yavama in reserve and say, I'm not ready to fully marry her. Um, do Yibam, I'm not ready to have relations with her and take her in as a full fledged wife, but I'm going to give her some money. I'm going to set her, there's some way you could set her aside, as we're going to see. 
and make it that I plan on marrying her. She's now, instead of being 20% my wife through a Zika, she's now 75% my wife, we'll call it, through Mimer. And none of my brothers can do Yibam on her right now because me and her agreed to uh, that she's going to be set aside. Okay. Beautiful. Now, besides for that, there was a Tkufa, there was a time where the Rabbanon actually said, you need to do Mimer. Because they felt that people weren't doing Yibum in a correct way. Imagine your brother dies, all of a sudden you just taken his wife. It takes time. You need, to, right? you need to prepare and get to know each other and set everything up. Okay. So they, they, they actually preferred that Mimer, uh, that mimer was, uh, was done. Okay. Umais. And then the second brother who did Mimer died. So now, ready for this? Brother number three has one wife and two women falling to him. One's falling to him as a full Yavama and the other one's falling to him as like a Yavama, kind of, from his first brother, but then his second brother did Mimer. So she's really falling to him from a Mimer of the second brother. Right? What's going on? Says says the Mishnah. You have to do chalitza on both both of these women of Shimon, we'll call it. Shimon's one who did mimer. Shimon's wife and his mimera need chalitza done on them. Why? So it's exerus akasa. Listen to this. Shenemar is state in pasuk umeis echad mehem. When one of your brother dies, Yavama Yavai Oleha, then her Yavam should have relations with her, which means Misha Allah Zikas Yavamechan. You're going to Yibum on a woman who's connected to you through one brother. And the woman who Mimer was done to is now connected to brother number three through two brothers. Are we getting this? Right? Because she was connected to the original brother. And then she's like, had Mimer from the second brother. So she's falling to him. Still connected to two brothers. V'katani Allah. And we learned about this. Amr Rabbi explains. This, um, you know, this uh, woman is considered the tsara of the Eishas Ach Me'av. Of my Half brother, my paternal brother's wife. She iser nefila garamla because the fact that she fell to him through yibum is what's knocking it off. Because now again she's going to be falling to him through two brothers. You don't find such a thing in the entire Torah. Okay, you don't find such. You don't find anywhere that. Um, uh, somebody who falls to a brother through two ervas. I'm um, uh, through, th- yeah, she's like, she, you know, because she's the Amana of two brothers. Now, why is this possible? Because again, Mimer is rabbinic. So notice, Ruvain died. Shimon did Mimer on Ruvain's widow. Then Shimon dies. So Levi has his own wife, plus he now has the widow of Shimon, plus the Mimer lady. Of Shimon. Now, the Mimer lady of Shimon is really only connected to Shimon through a Rabbanon. Because Mimer is the Rabbanon. So, if you would get rid of the Rabbanon, she was never connected to Shimon and she should really fall to Levi just from being Ruvain's wife. Okay? Zuhi Lemutemai. What does the mission mean? Zui, this is the case. What is that coming to exclude? Whenever you find the word zu, it means this. This means nothing else. So what's that coming to exclude? Lav lamute tsaras islandus. Is it coming to exclude a tsaras islandus? To tell us the sharia. Now again, this is a random assumption. But whenever you find zu, we, we're, we're saying, this, this tsara is forbidden. Oh, but when an islandus falls to a brother in Ibum, her tsara should be permitted. Says Gemara, no, that's not... This whole case, again, we only quoted that whole Mishnah to make the diuk at the end. Says Gemara Loi, Lamute Tsaras Islandis, the Asira. This that we say is coming to exclude a Tsar of Islandis, letting us know that even the co wife of an Islandis is also 
going to be usher. Meaning, there's no yibum or chalitza on the kowaif. Umay zuhi. What do you mean? This? I mean, zuhi, the isr nefilas garamla. It was this woman who's falling to Levi through two brothers. That's um, the isr nefila. The way she felt to him, garamla, is causing the transgression. Tsarasa bai chalitza. But her tsara. We'll need chalitza, but islandess afidu chalitza like boy. But when it comes to an islandess, not only is the islandess not have yibner chalitza, but even her co-wife does not have yibner chalitza. My taima, why is that true? Why is that alaka true that even the tzara doesn't? And why would we make an afkamina between the the lady who had who had who, who was both a yavama and had maimer done to her? Why would it be any different? Very simply, because the islandess is. Midairaisa, what did the Pasik tell me? If you can't perpetuate your brother's house, so you, she retains her status as being my brother's wife. That's it. She retains that status. Excuse me. So Midairaisa, there's nothing doing. Hence, her tsara also is not going to fall to me in Yibam. Tsara goes hand in hand with her. Litzrar, that was the Pasik we quoted earlier. However, over here, by the woman who had, uh, who was an Almana from Uvein and had Mimer from Shimon, the only thing here we're dealing with is uh, is the Rabbanon, hence it's different. Okay. Kavaldik, Tarab, we learned in the mission of Akula and Mesu, if any one of them passed away, uh, the, the simple case, they, the Arias died before the husband. Aimeanu, or they demun and Nizgashu, or they got divorced, since they islanders, became an islanders, or same mutars, the Tsaris are mutar, very clear. You see the Tsar of an islanders is allowed, says the Gabor, halay kasha. What are you talking about? Kansha hikirla, kansha la hikirla. What are you talking The case is, when you knew that she was a, when she was an islandess, okay. So then we'll say she um, um, the the tsara also is going to be off the hook. Is not connected. But maybe they didn't know at the time that she was an islandess. If she didn't know that she was an islandess, so then the whole thing's considered a mekach tois. The whole marriage perhaps is going to be uprooted, and hence the co-wife is not really a co-wife. She might be the only wife, and that's where we say that she would fall to the brother in Yibam. The economy, and this makes sense, the Tani Shenimtsu, remember the, the words, fascinating words of the Mishnah. Mishnah says, Shenimtsu Islandess. Why did you say Shenimtsu Islandess? It turned out, we found out she's an Islandess. Shmamina, you learn from here that um, um, originally he had no clue that she was an islandess, hence the whole marriage is a Mekah She was never married to the brother, so he only had one wife, and that's when we could do Yibum on that one wife, because she doesn't even have the status of a Tzara. Amar Rava, Rava says, I'll turn Talmud Beis, Hilchasa, the Halacha is, Tzaras islandess Mutares. If Shimon dies with two wives, one's an islandess, and one's not, Ruuvein, can do Yibum on the, Yibum or Chalitza, has to do Yibum or Chalitza, on her co-wife. Vafilo Hikirba. And this is true, um, yeah, and this is true when we knew. Vafilo Tzara's Bitoi Alinus. And this is even true if the Tzara of the Bitoi, who is an islandess, so take the same case that we explained with Tzara's Bitoi, and say that she's an islandess, who's the islandess? The, the Bitoi. The guy's daughter was an islandess, and now you have an islandess daughter falling to the father along with the tsara. Okay? So what are you going to say over here? Same thing, ready? Her tsara is now mutter to her father. Because again, she never entered Tairasibam. The daughter never became a Yavama. Since she never became a Yavama, her tsara is mutter. What do you mean shenimtsu? We only found out later. Tani sheyu. Okay, you could teach it. It means sheyu. She was an islandess, meaning we already knew about it. Kiyosu Ravan Amar Vichan. When Ravan came, he sent the name of Vichanon from Eretz Yisrael. Achas Achas Tzara Mema Enes. Va Achas Tzaras Islandess. Va Achas Tzaras Machzik Rushasai Kulam Butares. All our cases. Guess what? The Tzara of a Mema Enes, a girl who under uh, as a katana. She, she had turned 12. She said, I'm done with this marriage. And then you have the tsara of an islandess. Can't have kids. And the tsara of a machzir grushasai, kula mutarais. All of these tsaras become mutter to the brother. Okay. Wow. 
Gavaldik. Here we go. New conversation. Tani Ravibi Kamei the Rav Nachman. Ravibi came in front of Rav Nachman and he taught. Shalish Nashim Misham Shoyz B'Maych. There's three women who you're allowed to use birth control. We'll cause it. We'll, we'll call it. Okay. Now, what is Maych literally? is a cloth. Many of us may be familiar with this expression from the part of the process to change from the status of nida out of the status of nida is there's a halacha that following a hefsik tara, which is a break to become tahar, where we insert a cloth and we rotate it to, in order to, to uh, be able to make a hefsik and to start now our days of impurity. So it's also appropriate to have a meich dachuk. A meich dachuk just means an inserted cloth. Just an inserted cloth that's left there for a specific amount of time. So meich means a cloth. Now this is how they would use birth control. They would insert something inside of the woman and they were permitted uh, to do that and uh, it wouldn't be, considered, uh, wouldn't be considered a transgression. Okay, why would it be an insert? Because of Aitzazar Levatala. To, to have a, to have a seminal emission and and it should go to waste. Okay. Kitana meuberes umenika. The three women who are permitted to use a meich is a kitana under bas mitzvah. We'll learn. That's how we'll translate it for now. Okay. A meuberes, a woman who's pregnant, and menika, a nursing woman. Says the Gemara, why? Kitana It's too dangerous. Her body's not developed enough. Too dangerous to become pregnant. And therefore, there's a mitzvah for a couple to be together. Okay? So you can get together. It's fine. But we have to make sure she doesn't become pregnant. It's not good for her body. Seder. Mu'uberes. What's Mu'uberes? Says the Gemara, fascinating. Shema tase ober sandal. You might shmush the original child, by her becoming pregnant again. Okay? Now, there's different ways to take this. We'll, we'll learn a push-up shot, even though scientifically it doesn't make sense nowadays. It's once a woman's pregnant, she has become pregnant again. Maybe back then it was different. There's a whole conversation. You want to get into the nitty-gritty of this. But we're just going to translate a push-up shot, which is that a pregnant woman should use it because we don't want her to have a double pregnancy and the second baby growing may end up crushing the first baby. Okay, again, what are we just seeing from here? Physical danger, you don't do it. Uh, physical danger, birth control. Okay, Menika, what about a nursing woman? Shema tigmel bina viyamas. Because if she becomes pregnant, so then she's not going to produce enough milk for her body's going to be double working, trying to, you know, be an incubator. For a baby growing inside of her, plus nurse her child, it's very it's, it's very hard to have that expectations of a woman's body as as amazing and miraculous as it is, and therefore to protect the nursing child, we um, we say insert a meich. How young is young? So here we go. Remember, I said well for now we'll translate it as under bas mitzvah for now, but here we're going to change it. Mi bas achas esrei shana. Uh, 11 years old, v'yayim echad, and one day, achteim esreishana v'yayim echad, until 12 years old, and one day. Pasar mikan v'yasir akein, younger or older, than this year, mishameshes kedarka v'yileches, you can have regular relations, you know why? Because the Gemara at this point is understanding, she, she, um, uh, her body will not become pregnant, under the age of 11 and one day, so there's no concern about her becoming pregnant, she, phys- she just simply will not conceive, and older than 12 years on one day, there's no danger anymore. And therefore, there, there's no, uh, there's no maich. Divi Rabbi Meir. This is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. And the Chum argue. And the Chum say, Achazu v'achazu, Mishameshes kedarka v'hilachas, Minashmaim yirachmu shenam, Mishum shenamar shoymer p'soyim Hashem. Fascinating. Say the Chachamim, no. Chum say, listen, in all your cases, you don't need to worry. You don't need to worry. Fascinating message, by the way, and, you know, Yishtadlus, and at what point do you leave it up to the Rebbein They say, you do what you got to do. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Levatala is a transgression. And if the Torah allows marriage to these girls, you do what you got to do, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will take care of it. You leave it up to the Rabbani Shalom, he'll make sure nobody gets hurt. Okay. Now, since we said in the opinion of Rabbi Meir, that you insert a meich because she may become pregnant and she might die. Seems to be that there's a katana, seems to imply there's a katana who, even under the age of Bas Mitzvah, can become pregnant and it's not a danger. So here we go. Here's how it's all going to come full circle. This could be a case of a person's mother in law could be to her husband. If she already had a child, it's fascinating. Listen to this, Utanan, uh, and I'll explain. The, we'll explain it in a moment. Utanan, we learned in the Mishnah. There's, it's not possible to have a case of a mother-in-law or a grandmother-in-law or a mother of a father-in-law who were an islandess or they did mion. It's not possible to have a person who's a mother-in-law who's still doing meal on her husband, but we just learned it is possible. Therefore, the Gemara is now asking a question. Okay, so let's explain the case. Ready? There's Gishmak. If you have uh, if you have somebody who married a girl because he got permission from the mother and brother. Okay? So this marriage is only Midrabanan. Why does that matter? Because she could do meal. She could retroactively remove the marriage. Seder. Now, does it say that she could only uproot the marriage if she didn't have kids? No. Any girl who's married off by her mother and brother, comes about, she, she could refuse the marriage. So let's say she had a kid. She's 11 and a half years old. She was married to this guy. She has a child. And now she wants to be mamayin on the marriage. Okay. Kvaldik. So here's what happens. She has a son. Listen closely. This is hysterical. She has a son. Uh, I'm sorry. She has a daughter. It's got to be a daughter. It has to be a female. So her current husband, who she could eventually do meon on, but her current husband takes his infant daughter and biblically marries her off to somebody. Okay? So... This young child is biblically married. So whoever this husband is has an 11-year-old mother-in-law. Understand? You have a guy who's biblically marrying a girl and he has an 11-year-old mother-in-law. Okay. So you have, says Rashi, you have a situation where you have this 11-year-old mother-in-law who still has an opportunity for me. Uh, we see it is possible. Says the Gemara, Ema say, Shematis Aber Now, what does it mean that we're afraid that she might become pregnant and die? That's talking about the Amar Rabbah Bar, Bar Levi. Rabbah Bar Levi says, Gavul Yeshla Kaidem Hazman Hazer. There's kind of like a gvul means means there's a there's a border around her. Like there's a limited frame of abilities for conception. Before 11 years old, she cannot become pregnant. But once she becomes 11, she could become pregnant, but neither of them will survive. And once she finishes her 11th year, meaning she turns 12, then both her and her child can live. Now, according to this, you can never have a woman who could do Mion as a mother-in-law. That's clear. Because she's already 12, so she's past the stage of Mion in order for her child to live. Seder? Says the Gemara, Ini, that's not true. But we learned in the, we were taught by Rabbi Bar Shmuel, you can't say better law or a grandmother-in-law or the mother of your father-in-law. You can't say that they did me on or or on our list, because they certainly gave birth. Now, if they certainly gave birth, so that means that they're over age 12. 
What? You understand what's happening here? Uh, they can't be an islandist either. Huh? Say, say it again. What's your question? They can't be an islandist either. Except that. Okay, so let's put. Unless they're just throwing them together. Yeah, Shinimsu Island. Either they were found to be an islandist or Mianu. Or they, or they, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, the islandist over here it can't be talking about where she conceived because an islandist by definition can't conceive. Okay. So, if let's let's think about this again. This is separate from Yibum now. Stamazai. This is just dealing with uh, biology. Okay, so it says that they already gave birth. Well, if they already gave birth, that means they're already adults. Because what we just said is you need to be twelve years old before giving birth. So why did we say? Look at the words. Shenimtu shekvar yoldu. Shekvar yoldu means they already gave birth. The fact that they already gave birth shows us there's no mion. What? I thought mion only applies to girls that are not yet 12. Says the Gemara, this whole thing is contradictory. And if you're confused, that's fine. Because that, the Gemara is equally confused. The Gemara says, she, what, she, she can't do mion because she had a kid? I don't understand. If she had a kid, she can't do mion because she's an adult. Mion only applies to an adult. So it must be, in some way, shape, or form, there's a way for a kid to not be a gadayla and still have a child. If the reason why she can't do me is because she had a kid, well, I don't understand. Again, if she's 12, she can't do me because she's 12. If you're telling me she can't do me because she has a kid, that means that she's having a kid under 12. And that, so Gamar is confused. Gamar says, I don't understand. You got to clarify this. What's happening here? What we, what we mean is what we said before. Not that she had a living child. She's 11 years old. But use a mic. Because if she becomes pregnant, both her and the baby aren't going to make it. Okay. Bottom line is we still said that um, you know any girl who had a baby when she's not yet, uh, when she's not yet twelve, could refuse the marriage. It's very interesting. means that having a child, even moving uh, age aside, is enough to tell us that she already has a status of being a gadayla. Okay. Usually, the way it works is once a girl reaches age twelve, we assume that she has shteisaris. She has signs of puberty. By a, by a boy, it's 13. Okay? Now what happens is, says the Gemara in this step, says of Safra, fascinating thing. If you have a girl who is pregnant, has a baby, 11 and a half years old, you know what happens? That baby lives. You know what happens? She can't do me in anymore. The fact that she has a child tells us that Mian's out the window. She's already considered enough of an adult body. The Istamri and some say being having a children is even a greater sign of physical maturity um, than uh, regular regular Shtesaris. The Mainaf Kamina, who cares if we say it's the same as Shtesaris or greater than Shtesaris? Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that Shtesaris can't be any Shtesaris, can't be any two hairs. You need to have a nice amount of pubic hair, okay? And um, she needs to have uh, enough of a sign of multiple pubic hairs, but he'll agree. Let's say she only has, you know, two uh, uh, two saras and not uh, a lot of pubic hairs, but she had a child, he'll agree that she's already a gadayla and her ability for mion um, is, uh, is out the window. Okay, let's just get to the two dots, read another few lines over here, top of tomorrow's daf. For Avzvid Omar, Rav Zviz says, Ein bonim simonim. Yeah, he says, listen, here, I'll tell you, I'll give you biology class. If she had a kid, she has simonim. So Mamela, that's why there's no mion. Says the Gemara of the Nivdaik. If she has, if she had a kid, we know that she has, she has, uh, Cyrus. <laughs> why can't you just look? Make sure there's Cyrus. Instead of relying on an outside reason, oh, she had a kid, just make sure. Says the Gemara, Hashina Shem and Nashru. No, sometimes the hairs fall out. Okay, it's a good taina. Ah, he says the Gemara, 
That's only not, a, it's not according to Yabar, it's according to some opinions. According to the opinion says that we're not concerned about the strong black pubic hairs falling out. Michael and Mima, what are you going to say? Why don't we just check? Well, why do you got to rely on, oh, if there's kids, it must be that she has a mature body. Even according to the opinion that we're not concerned in general about Shtesaras falling out, but due to the childbirth, apparently he says the, the way it works is when a woman has uh, children, it could lead to hair loss, and that could be enough reason for the hair to fall out, and therefore we rely on her godless the, to come from the fact that she had a kid as opposed to us looking. Okay, period. We'll hold it here. We're at the two dots. Tomorrow, we jump right back in to uh, Yevamus and Tsaras and Tsaras Tsara. We're going to get back into that, Bez Hashem. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. We'll see everybody tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.